Today on uh, Women in Energy, we're speaking with Susan Faharsadeh. She's the Vice President of Corporate Communications and Government Affairs at Great Western Petroleum. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Blanca. It's a pleasure. Likewise. I have, uh, I like to start actually, um, it's kind of interesting. So you previously mentioned that you majored in English literature and philosophy at the University of Colorado. So how did you get your start in the industry and how did you achieve your current leadership position? Sure, so it is, it is a tale I like to call the accidental advocate. Um, you know, I've, I've been very, very fortunate in my career to always have had really fantastic opportunities and mentors and guidance. And um, I was about 10 years into my professional career and I was on a great path. I was doing marketing and business development for um, an electronics distributor. And uh, as I mentioned, I had great um, opportunities, great mentors, and I was having a lot of fun, but I was really struggling finding um, meaning and finding that big why that really inspired me to get out of bed and, and go to work and, and do what I wanted to do every day. So um, I decided I needed to make a change and I started doing some research into um, a path that I thought would, would take me to a career with a little bit more meaning and a little bit more substance. And I stumbled across this job posting for um, a job at a nonprofit in the oil and gas industry. And Having not been in the industry, I was like, that sounds like an oxymoron. What is this? And, and what it was, was um, a director of business development for Western Energy Alliance. Uh, it was then known as the Independent Petroleum Association of Mountain States, but um, it was a trade association. And so I started diving into this opportunity and learning as much as I could about it. And the more I learned about energy, and particularly the more I learned about oil and gas in the United States, the more compelled and excited I was. And um, I never would have thought that it would launch me into, um, you know, my opportunity to live my best life and, and have one of the most challenging, exciting, diverse careers um, I, you know, I could have ever dreamed of. So uh, it, it's been a, a wild and crazy path for sure. That sounds great. Uh, I'm an accidental one as well into the energy industry. Um, one question that kind of goes from that is, how's the pandemic and ESG in specific reshaping the expectations that uh, actually for the oil and gas industry? I think um, those are two really good questions and I'll, I'll try and parse them off um, individually. The pandemic has been, um, it's, it's, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving. We're, we, you know, it, when, when it very first started coming our way, we saw this sort of rolling around the globe. And I have very dear friends who live in London and, and we would talk a lot in those early days in that March timeframe. Um, Cause we, we kind of joked that they were about two weeks ahead of us on this event horizon. And, you know, uh, we would hear about grocery shortages and, and, and what was happening, but as, as weeks turned into months and we find ourselves many months later uh, dealing with this situation, I think it's made us all look at it in a very different lens. And, and initially it was, um, how do we keep everyone safe? And how do we look at safety um, in, a, in a way that we haven't really looked at it before as a company? Um, how do we respond to needs in our community as, as a Colorado company? How do we support fellow Coloradans in, in dealing with this? Um, how do we deal with it as an industry? 
And I think that's been a really challenging conversation for us because we're not just dealing with the pandemic. We're also dealing with the um, commodity price war that occurred. And um, here in Colorado, we're also dealing with an onset of really unprecedented onerous regulation in a state that is already one of the most highly regulated uh, states with the most uh, most intense regulations in, in our country. So, you know, to pull out the pandemic, it's tough. But I think we look at, um, you know, the drop in demand, um, and that's a challenge. Uh, we look at uh, how that's changed the way we do business. And I see that as an opportunity. Um, I look at our field people who have gone about and done their business the same way they do every single day because it's their responsibility to go out and ensure that they're producing the energy that keeps Coloradans safe, whether they're in their homes, whether they're socially distanced in offices, um, and particularly as we get into what's already turned out to be a very frigid and cold uh, late fall, early winter season, how do we keep people people warm in these in these environments? So. Um, it's a mixed bag, as I think everything in 2020 has been. Um, but you bring up ESG, and ESG to me, environmental social governance, is really, um, obviously, it's very near and dear to my heart. It's what really drew me to this industry. I talked earlier about that big why. And ESG has always been a component of the oil and gas industry, but it's just nothing that's ever really been talked about and never really been put out there and studied. And I think there've been a lot of authors that have done a great job. Um, authors like Robert Bryce and um, Alex Epstein who have pulled out these narratives about um, domestic energy production and what that means for our role as a world leader and supporting other countries and, and other communities in the world. But to me, ESG is really telling our story how do we innovate and how do we protect the environment and how do we make the world a better place through fossil fuel development here in the United States? Um, how do we show social responsibility? And when I say show social responsibility, I mean um, to our communities where we're living and operating, um, in our business practices with regards to um, diversity and inclusion, and social responsibility with regards to, and I think Alex Epstein hits on this a lot, the moral case for fossil fuels is his book, but how do we really talk about that social responsibility of, of providing this energy resource and, and developing this energy resource in a nation that, that does have regulations that ensure we do it um, in an environmental and socially responsible way. And then of course, governance, which is how do we make those decisions? How do we manage our business um, for Great Western, that's a little bit of a different conversation because we are a private company, but I have worked for publicly traded companies before in and out of the oil and gas industry. And that's a really, really big conversation. A lot of your general consumers don't think about that um, until a company like Starbucks came along and introduced fair trade coffee. So I think you know those types of trends really bring this conversation into the fold and I am just so, so excited to see the oil and gas industry really embrace ESG and use ESG as a platform to really talk about our, our excellence in practices and innovation. On that a little, breaking down the ESG, um, what do you think is, is the most, are the most important parts of E, of S, and of G? Um, I may be biased, uh, but I think it's it's the communication. It's telling that story. Um, you know, I I tell people a lot, and those those folks who are here in Colorado are very familiar with Senate Bill 181, 
which was a landmark piece of legislation that passed in 2019 with regards to how we regulate the oil and gas industry here in Colorado. And a lot of that is concerned about um, surface and environmental impacts of oil and gas exploration and production. And I tell people all the time, you know, here at Great Western, we were piloting continuous air emissions projects, um, continuous air emissions monitoring before Senate Bill 181 was a number. And so if you look at the E, you know, what's really most important is, is helping share that um, spirit of innovation and that collaboration that happens in this industry. Um, having worked outside of oil and gas and come into it, um, I have a very different perspective because this industry is very, very collaborative. We really link elbows and work together and share best practices. We're only as good as our worst operator, right? And, and, and I like to think that we all uh, really strive to be the best and, and be the best that we can be, whether we're um, a pumper in the field or whether we're working in, in an office. But you know that, that communications piece and talking about that innovation and that spirit of uh, technology and um, exploration doesn't just have to do with finding the resource in the ground. It really is how do we do that better, more efficiently and get that product out to those who need it um, in, a, in a safe and responsible way. Um, and I think that that is true with, with the social piece and the governance piece as well. I think social, maybe maybe it's more um, in practice. It's less communications, but it's more just showing how um, we put that into practice. And I think that is reflected in uh, things like percentage of um, what your diversity looks like. Um, in the oil and gas industry, for a lot of these companies, only about 50% of their employees have a post high school education. And I'm really, really excited about that stat because to me, that's an incredible amount of workforce diversity. And that's an incredible amount of opportunity for hardworking families um, in the United States of America. Um, but then you look at this growing sector of women in energy, and um, it's something that I'm really, really excited to be in. And when I started working in oil and gas, people would ask me a lot about working in a male-dominated industry. And I said, you know, it's, it's not what you think it is. There's an incredible amount of opportunity and respect, and I've never felt anything but supported, whether I'm standing out on a drilling rig or presenting in a boardroom. And, and so I think for that, it's, 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 it's that social responsibility and action. And governance, of course, really is just running our companies in an ethical and responsible way, ensuring that we follow the directors of boards of advisors or boards of directors and um, following that leadership and being very transparent in how, in how we manage our business. So um, really, really excited to see those principles getting em embraced by this industry. That's wonderful. Susan, um, why do you think it's important to exceed expectations um, as an oil and gas company in its leadership, its employees, and, the, and within the community? Um, I think we have to, we must, because we have a lot of catching up to do. Um, this industry has not always done a great job about talking about what we do. Um, we've not always, um, you know, expressed our innovation and talked about how uh, we bring new technologies to light. The fact that fracking is a bad word, you know, um, just, just amazes me because really hydraulic fracturing is an incredible technological, technological innovation that allows us to tap into vast amounts of resources underneath the surface while reducing our footprint dramatically. 
I mean, that's that's um, it's a it's a technology that that we should be celebrating and shouldn't be bantered about like a political football about am I for or against fracking, right? Um, and so to me, it's it's we have a responsibility to um, to be better and exceed expectations because we have not communicated about that in the past, and we are really under a microscope and. Um, to me, it's it's our opportunity because um, we do such a great job in this industry and we do have such great opportunities, whether it's diversity and inclusion or whether it's an innovation that we just need to be out there telling our story and inviting people in and, and really celebrating that spirit of transparency and, and celebrating um, what this means for us to be able to produce this energy safely, responsibly, whether we use it domestically or whether um, we continue to look into exporting it, um, that's that's a really exciting thing. Going into some of that, uh, currently renewable energy is is a hot topic, especially here in Colorado. Um, can you give us a little bit about your uh, a little an idea of what your thoughts are on um, fossil fuels and renewables, and is it either one or the other? Um, I'm so glad you asked me that question. I had the opportunity um, through the um, Women's Energy uh, Network to speak on a panel this week. And alongside me on the panel was uh, somebody from a solar company. And I just, I, I loved it because it, it's not us versus them. It really isn't. And, and, you know, I think we've all been driving down the road and seen the Tesla with the funny vanity plate. You know, it might say something like RIP oil or you know no gas and and you know it's that's not what this is all about and 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 i really think that um encouraging smart thoughtful inquisitive dialogue when it comes to understanding um, our energy resources is what it's really going to take because it's not just uh wind and solar are clean and fossil fuels are dirty um, and it certainly isn't about me defending fossil fuels by saying that renewables aren't as clean as you think they are. You know, every every um, every fuel source has its its pros and cons. And so I think for me, it's understanding how do those pros and cons balance out each other in the environment where they're either being developed or being utilized, and how do we find what that right mix looks like. Um, my mom spent uh, when she was uh, in her in her mid sixties, spent two and a half years in the Peace Corps, living in Vanuatu. And the very first question I get from people is, "Where is Vanuatu?" Right. So she she spent two and a half years living in this remote island in the South Pacific, doing volunteer work. And um, she said that living without fossil fuels might be the only thing that convinced people how important they are. And, 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 you know, I think we have fallen into this false sense of security um, where we're, we're very accustomed to walking in and turning on the thermostat and always having it there and turning on our gas fireplace for ambiance and comfort. And um, we have to step back a little bit and, and, and really acknowledge that, that only a society um, as gifted and blessed with this type of resource could ever consider uh, turning it off or regulating it out of business. And so I really would love for us to somehow stop this train of rhetoric and really challenge ourselves to be better about the dialogue and be better about the science and understanding when and where and how 
um, is solar, wind, fossil fuels, nuclear, how are those the best mix and how do we um, make the best world for ourselves, whether it's here in the United States or whether it's exporting these resources or bringing them in, you know, um, I, I think I think it's just a much bigger conversation than we're giving it credit for and, and we're allowing it to um, become a really shallow us versus them type of environment and and it shouldn't be. Um, you know, we really should embrace it out on our um, out on our well sites. We we utilize solar panels. Um, we're here in Colorado. We have 300 days of sunshine. We should be. And I don't think anybody could deny that there's an, a, a tremendous amount of fossil fuels that goes into the development, transportation, and installation of those solar panels and wind farms. So let's let's just all be friends and figure out how we can best work together. Definitely use all types of energy, I say. Yeah. Um, Susan, when um, you developed and implemented a great strategy at Great Western um, to align your communication goals and your interactions with local and state government officials and to, to gain community engagement as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So. Um, really proud of our leadership here at Great Western. Um, you know, they've really embraced it and said this is this is the next this is the way of doing business in the future. And and when I say that, I mean ESG principles and really investing in those. And and Great Western was doing that before I got here. But really, it was it was pulling it all together into a holistic strategy that was. Let's not just experiment about this and find a cool technology and start implementing it on our site. Let's start talking about it and let's share it with those uh, town councils. Um, let's start answering questions with the technology that we're utilizing. Um, you know, we can't just, uh, it's not good enough anymore to say uh, we're well regulated and we've earned our permit. We have to go out and really answer the questions. And so when a resident or when a concerned citizen has a question about air emissions, we need to be able to say, I'd love to answer that question for you. And let me show you what the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment's mobile monitoring lab shows about air emissions on our locations. We have to do that. Um, so here at Great Western, what we did was, was really identified what is that network of stakeholders? And, and the stakeholders is, is in a lot of ways, everybody. But what we have to do is we have to be agile and responsive to um, how we communicate with those stakeholders. So how we communicate with um, Senate leadership when they're proposing a bill about oil and gas is from a very science-based, experience-based perspective. Um, spent a lot of time at the Capitol with our CEO, uh, Rich Fromer, whose background is as an earth scientist. So let me bring in my, uh, my CEO so he can talk to you about the technologies and innovations that we're employing here. Um, when I go out and work with a local government who's really grappling with how do we, how do we um, take this responsibility that the state has granted us to regulate this in our, in our area, um, how do I bring in my experts and say, um, this is how we look at land use and this is how we work with uh, landowners. Um, how do we find resources in the community where we can have a positive impact, um, whether it's in the business community. So being a resource uh, to emergency response councils, um, whether it's with regards to safety plans or whether it's with regards to business and community responses to things like what you mentioned earlier, the pandemic, or whether it's um, a position of leadership 
on a local nonprofit. I've been a really proud member of the board of directors of the Boys and Girls Club for many years in my time here in the oil and gas industry, um, because I think there's a really fantastic synergy to these um, families and these youth who are looking for opportunities um, to help inspire them and direct them into STEM-based um, curriculum. Uh, so, you know, for us, it's, it's very holistic. How do you really identify um, what your message is and how you connect and how you authentically engage with everybody who has an interest in your resource? And, and the reality is, particularly here in Colorado, everybody does whether utilizing natural gas on their stove when they're cooking dinner for their families, or um, you know, whether they're driving by um, a production facility to and from on their commute um, daily, or, or whether they're uh, maybe a member of the agriculture community whose um, farm and lifestyle is augmented by the royalties that they receive for their mineral rights. I mean, it's, it's a really, really diverse community. Do you think the community um accepts or understands a little better if you're more uh, more proactive as opposed to to reactive especially uh with oil and gas companies absolutely absolutely and i think you know for us it's really um kind of taking down those those self-built barriers and assumptions that we have about each other and i had a really great uh conversation with um, the Colorado Attorney General, Mr. Phil Weiser, about a year and a half ago. And you know, we were kind of bantering back and forth. And in the oil and gas industry, we commonly call the, the keep it in the ground community, those folks who really want to ban fossil fuels, we call them fractivists. And I used that word um, with the Attorney General and he kind of laughed and he said, you know, I prefer to call them concerned citizens. And, and I laughed and I said, fair enough. Um, but then we really started dialoguing about it. And I said, but you know, you know, Phil, there's a difference. There's a difference between fractivists and concerned citizens. There's also a difference between, um, you know, pragmatic solution finders and, and the drill baby drill, right? There's a spectrum. And so I think that um, as we look at community and, and as we look at all of those different voices, we have to understand and have a responsibility to proactively um, do our best to tell them what we're all about. And sometimes for uh, the keep it in the ground folks, that might be, you know what, we're going to have to agree to disagree. And I'm going to commit to you that I'm going to continue to um, innovate and develop this resource in a safe and responsible manner. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll all do our best uh, to, to do our part in the world. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, you know, the drill baby drill, there's a little bit of a, hey, we have to hold ourselves accountable, folks. And, and we have to understand that there are concerns and, and um, a lack of information out there. And so let's, let's be responsible um, and, and say that, that we owe it to these communities to be proactive, um, transparent, and um, you know, involved, authentic members of this conversation. And, and that, can't, that can't happen, I don't think, if we sit around waiting for somebody to come ask us questions. So we really have to be out there um, sharing that message. And, and at Great Western, um, we've, we've found a great uh, way of doing that through our employees' voices and really celebrating those individuals that, that work for our company and letting them tell their stories about um, what they do every day and, and why it's important. And um, 
being a Colorado company who only operates in Colorado, uh, who better to talk about oil and gas exploration in Colorado than Coloradans? And, and those are our employees. So um, I think we've found something that fits really, really well for us and we've had success with it. <laughs>